This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing the play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It is Taz and the Moose Moose with you on this Wednesday morning. If I can speak, yes. We've got an hour down, two to play with. Dennis Dodd is going to join us in hour number three. Andrew Bogish is in. Taz is off here on this Wednesday morning. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning as we take you for the next couple hours. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention, hotline fans. Uh, thank you, Mean Gene. Appreciate it. That's for Bilotti across the way. Always puts a smile on his face. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who finds a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house your home? Uh, Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Uh, get mortgage. Now, there was a report, I believe The Athletic had the report, right, a couple days ago about the Los Angeles Chargers. Correct. Because we do know that, you know, past this season, Phillip Rivers is not signed to a contract, and we know Rivers is up there in age. But, I mean, he's got basically 85 children, so he'll be working till he's 85 years old. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, as much money as he's making, that's as much money that's going out for schooling and such, right? So, I, I mean, I would... At the very least, hope they're going to public school right now to save on some cash for down the road. Well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you never know, right? Uh, save for a rainy day down the line. So we do know we do know Philip Rivers is not signed to a long term deal, so or to a contract extension past this season, and that's led to a lot of speculation in terms of you know what's going on. I mean, he's making the commute and. He loves the area that he was living in just outside of San Diego and everything like that. We know they're playing in a soccer stadium just outside of Los Angeles. We know that's a disaster because nobody cares about the Chargers. It's basically a Rams town, and they're playing 16 road games a year because even when they're playing at home, there's more fans for the opponent than there are Charger fans that are in attendance. Anytime you watch a Charger game and they're in home, uh, you hear the crowd going crazy when the opponent scores as compared to when the Los Angeles Chargers score. So a report comes out in The Athletic, and we know the NFL is just you know tickling the toes of London. Uh, they can't wait. I mean, each and every year, it's more and more of playing the games across the pond. And it's not just the Jacksonville Jaguars, who a number of years ago were rumored to be the team leaving Jacksonville and go to play London. We know that's not the case. And the report comes out in The Athletic that the 
the the NFL owners uh, understand the Chargers aspect in Los Angeles is really an unmitigated disaster. Uh, that the fan base is not there, people aren't paying attention to them, that they're very, very concerned. And a report comes out that there's serious consideration about moving the Chargers to London. And then their owner comes out and basically take a listen. I know there's been a lot of crap going around the last 24 hours about this London thing. And I just want to give you a quote from me, okay? It's total Okay? We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be for a long time. Period. Okay? And if you want me to say it again, I'll say it again. Let me hear it. That story. Okay? (laughs) Thank you. Do what to that story? Wait, can we can we just hear it one more time? Let's let's take a listen. Here's Dean Spanos on the Athletic Report about the Chargers moving to London. Take a listen. I know there's been a lot of crap going around the last 24 hours about this London thing, and I just want to give you a quote from me. Okay, yeah. it's total. Okay, we're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be for a long time. Period. Okay, and if you want me to say it again, I'll say it again. We do. That story. Okay? Thank you. So he wants me to print it out from The Athletic and do what to it? Yeah, basically, I, 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 would, say, I would say maybe wipe your rear end with it. That seems, that seems awfully unnecessary. You need unnecessary. some toilet paper? You can't go the leaves route? I mean, did Bilotti dump that comment? Or no, that one went over the air. Thanks, Pete. So... On a a smaller scale, this is Dean Spanos, who's an accomplished (laughs) businessman, Moose. He's an adult. Yeah. I'm assuming whether because he's smart enough to or because his family had money, he went to a good school. Yeah. Right? As As he took over the Spanos family fortune. He said, we're not going anywheres. 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 That's not proper English. No, he threw an S. Anywheres. Is he a dock worker? We're not going anywheres. I, I know. Anywheres is not proper. But he's clearly frustrated. Yeah, why is he so angry? Um, I, Dude. Because well, we know? Well, is no, that why he's angry? Because we no, know now that his, well, the, the, look, the plan is out there? Well, first and foremost, I think you can look at a couple of different ways. Number one is that I don't think that story is coming out unless serious conversations have been had about maybe moving the Chargers to London. Well, uh, I, I said this to Pete off the air. Pro Football Talk wrote this up Sunday night in a Monday, or no, Monday night in a Tuesday morning, of the possible ulterior motives to leaking this story that had nothing to do with actually the Chargers going to London. That it could have been somebody from the Rams because the Rams and the Chargers have been fighting over some things in this new stadium, and maybe somebody in the Rams are trying to poke the bear, so to speak. Um, apparently, the Jaguars have an unwritten but completely agreed upon right of first refusal to be the team in London. So maybe they're somehow dragging their feet and the league wanted to get them to make some kind of decision or move forward with something. So they put it out there that, oh, we've got the Chargers maybe want to go to London and maybe that gets Shad Khan to do something. And it, 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 just, it seemed to me that some of those, not a specific one, but in general that this was not simply about the Chargers considering London, well, listen, that, the, that's, that was not what was going on here. Well, this, was, uh, this was about something else. No, no, and, and listen, that's fair. But, I mean, and, and, and listen, there's always an ulterior motive when stuff gets leaked out. I mean, there, there's, it's not just that. 
I mean, there's there's always someone that's looking to gain an advantage. We're looking to gain leverage. I mean, there's always that angle, and that's fair. And and you ran down, you know, two three things there that could be the rationale and the reasoning in terms of why that comes out at this stage. All well and good, right? And maybe it's the Rams, maybe it's Shotgun and the Jaguar. Maybe it's all of it, right? Maybe it all factored in terms of it. But the fact does remain. The conversations were had, regardless of whether or not and, and the motive in terms of that story getting leaked out, it's not being pulled out of thin air, right? I mean, I, I don't think, I, I, I personally don't think, do you, that that story is all of a sudden the Rams are ticked off of the Chargers because they're fighting over, I don't know, uh, you know, where some kind of, uh, you know, their logo should go on the new stadium or whatever it might be, <laughs> right? right? And, and and stuff like that, and arguing about that where the old Hollywood Park used to be, uh, you know, in 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 sunny SoCal. I I don't think all of a sudden they're they're leaking that out and pulling this story out of thin air. I I think there's some substance to it. Now, how along the road we are, you know, are we in the driveway of the conversation? Are we a quarter mile down the road? Are we a mile down the road? That remains to be seen. But I do think, obviously. There's no way you can look at the Chargers' experience in Los Angeles and say, "Wow, it's been a great experience." I oh mean, no! I mean, I mean, people have really bought in. They can't get enough of Charger football. I mean, it's been it's been a, an awful look for the National Football League. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's shameful. And this this is, and I know it's it's oversimplifying things, and there's valid reasons why they're not. But they still should be in San Diego. I mean, that should have been every Agreed. single effort, every last penny should have been spent Agreed. on figuring out how to keep them in San Diego. So on one hand, like I'm. Because I, I I I wish they were in San Diego, and I'm mad that they're not. I kind of welcome all of this embarrassment in Carson right now. That in this tiny stadium that's never home field, they're basically playing 16 road games this year in terms of crowd support. Like I I'm all for all of those things to embarrass the NFL and embarrass them and embarrass I guess San Diego officials too. I I just I can't fathom how. A, the NFL would back out of them being in L.A. with the Rams, and B, how the Chargers would be the team that goes to London. I, you know, the Jaguars make sense to me. There's probably a handful of other teams you can make a better case, you know, a similar case for. It's not the Chargers. So it almost does lead me to believe that this that there is no basis to the idea that someone talked to the Chargers in any legitimate way about going to London, did they broach the subject because of one of these ulterior motives? Maybe. And the con, you know, and the, and, the, and when they said, "Hey, what about you guys going to London?" That they never actually intended on sending them there or being open to them going, but they had the conversation so they could tell someone they had the conversation to get something else accomplished. Well, and, and you're right, and and that's all fair. And I also think you're hearing Spanos because maybe it was kind of those you know quick. A B conversation, not much to it, and all of a sudden it comes out and more is made of it than really was. And also, you know, they've got little to no foothold in Los Angeles when this comes out. I mean, anybody that actually that had any kind of care for the Los Angeles Chargers, why the hell would I buy in? Yeah. I mean, why would I go buy season tickets? Why would I want to show up and watch a Charger game? Why would I emotionally invest in the Los Angeles Chargers? If they're going to be out the door and going to London, you're not. Nope. And and that hurts the bottom line. That's right. hurting profits. That's hurting people going to games. Yeah, I mean they That's need a, those. They need 16 games in that building every year. Right. They, they, right. They they need right. Well, the eight or not, whatever it is, the the preseason games they're playing eight, right? I no, mean, but like with I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, in L. A. Oh, they need LA. the Rams and oh, the Chargers no, right. keeping that bad boy correct, busy, correct. Yeah. all the way through the season. No doubt about it. I totally agree. But I think they're invested in the Rams. 
I think the, the I, city I mean, is. Yeah, the, the fans is, are. The sure. fans are. I mean, they're already there. They were already there. They've got the history there. They're not emotionally invested in the Los Angeles Chargers, and I think that's why Spanos is that upset the way that he was because he felt like it was maybe kind of one of these, you know, kind of you know short conversations about maybe potentially moving over to London. And then, and all of a sudden, this story comes out, and everybody the next day is basically having the Chargers playing over in London. I do think this, though, Andrew, that there will be a team in uh, the next 10 years that is going to be playing games over in London and going to be playing home games over in London. And I hate it. Uh, but I do think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think whether you, you know hate it, love it, don't like it, whatever you feel about it, it's going to happen because the NFL, they're all pigs. The owners, all they do, and and I get it. They want to make more and more money, right? Which is why and, they have money in the first place, right? And and I, and and they're good businessmen and business women and most everything like that, right? Most of them. It's another revenue stream. It really is. It's another revenue stream. Because think about this: you're going to be able to have games at nine thirty in the morning on the East Coast, six thirty in the morning on the West Coast. It's going to open up another avenue in order to sell a game. You're now asking the NFL, uh, you know, it's going to minimize, obviously, all these dopey pregame shows that you see left and right uh, on television. But it, it's going to open up another revenue stream for the National Football League. I'm not saying every game is going to be at 930 in the morning, but you're going to have some weeks in which you're going to have a quadruple header. And I do think, obviously, uh, this is going to open up the avenue here for the National Football League. I think there's going to be a team that goes over to London. I think there's too much money to be made. That marketplace, they're buying in. They're selling out Wembley Stadium. Uh, you know, ticket sales have been good. Uh, you know, the the London, the British fan is bought into to right. American football. I think it's going to happen, Bogus. No, and they keep adding more games every year to every give year them a better sense of where they can do eight games there. Um, and they're giving you better teams too. Yeah, and I, I, it's not just the dregs of the NFL no. that they're sending over there. I, I love the nine thirty kickoff. I'm so jealous of West Coasters normally that their football Sunday begins at ten a.m. not nine one p.m. So that the nine thirty kickoff is is glorious to me. Um, but I, ju- I think the idea in general is it's ju- – and I know why they're doing it for all the reasons that you just laid out. I, I just – Well, do you think, think it would work? I know you don't love it, I, but I think do you think it would I work? I think it's a logistical nightmare. I think – You really do? Uh, yeah. I, you know, when, if it – depending on what the team is, if we're realigning things, now we've got – you know, you're, you're, you're there for three or four weeks playing a string of home games. Then you come here to the States for three or four weeks to play a bunch of road games – you're asking at some point, you know, it might only be once every seven years the way the schedule turns over. Um, but West Coast teams going to London is going to be a doozy. You're, you're asking players. It's one thing, you know, geography plays into people's decisions in free agency now because they like a city or they want to have income tax differences between Florida and California and other states. Like those things are are real now. Now you're throwing in the fact that you're going to a whole other country. No fair. And, you know, I, 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 my guess would be that you'd still, like, that would be almost like your, your summer home. Like, you'd, you'd, you'd live, you'd stay in the United States. Like, you're not going to uproot your entire family, I would think, in most cases, and bring your family to England. And now, all of a sudden, it's different schools and whatever. So, but now you're asking guys to be away from their families for longer stretches than ever before. Right. I, I just, I, it just, I, I get it. And it's, it's you're getting I guess, paid a lot of money, though, for right. that. In a, in a, S- simply to dollars and cents. It, it would make sense, but I, I just I, – I don't think it's necessary for all of the what other about, headaches it's Well, let me present. ask you this. What about if you throw it into the mix in terms of – because you're going to have to present the little cherry on the top for players. Right. right? Or else they'll all be bolting the first time they get sense to hit free agency and say, well, why would I want to sign – 
you know, I'm going to have a better quality of life and make just as much money if I'm playing for the Jaguars, say, than in Jacksonville than I say for, you know, said London team. But what about if you play the cherry on the top and there's a London kicker to your contract to where if you sign and play for a team over in London, you get an extra added bonus, whatever the financial, whatever it might be, or we take care of your house, whatever it might be, but there's an added bonus to it to kind of alleviate some of those concerns and those stressors that you were just mentioning. Yeah, I just... Which you could do. I I mean, I I guess you could do it. I don't know what the... I hadn't thought about that, so I don't know what the fair setup would be. No, I don't know what it is either, but it's something that you could throw into the mix to where you present a little bit of a carrot to make it a little bit more enticing for players to go over to London, even if they have concerns about being away from family, being in another country. You know, it's not that far of a flight. It really isn't when you think about it. It's, it's not. You're not talking about extreme air travel. We're not talking about playing over in Melbourne no, and where it's a 24-hour, 25-hour flight. Which is why a lot of teams now, you know, when this first started, teams would get on a plane Sunday and be there Monday thinking they had to be there for the whole week to get acclimated. They would obviously mix in some, like, community stuff. But now teams are just flying like normal almost. Maybe they're going on Thursday instead of Friday or Saturday. But teams are not spending the whole week there now. They're no, going they're not. there. Um, and then you, know, you get into the, what, what happens on the back end because that's always the, you know I've been to I went to France twice for work um, and I Look didn't at you. once you know when you go there you have one weird day of sleep and you're awake and you're not and then you're to me I was fine it's coming back where I felt it like it took me a, a couple of days to get out of that that you know to get back into like East Coast time so that you still have to prepare on the back end where everyone's buy is going to have to be coming off of their London trip. Like when you go there to play that one game against the London Chargers, when you come back, you got to be off that next weekend, I think, to get yourself back acclimated. Yeah. So like then you and they and they will figure out those scheduling headaches. So I but I but it's on the table to just be there's so well, there's much no, at stake here. No, I, just, I get it. I don't I don't know. I just I wish it wasn't necessary. No, I. But it I, might be. No, I, I don't know if it's. I, I wouldn't say it's necessary. I, I think the NFL game has got enough issues. Dealing with the flow of the game, dealing with the penalties, now dealing with the reviews. There's there's enough issues with the game right now to where you're a little bit concerned about where this team, where it's going, right? The CTE issue, young kids maybe not playing football as they, they once did. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of a concern or a lot of a concern there in terms of the game, right? To where you even have Troy Aikman, you know, the other day firing out a tweet basically questioning the game. And, you know, the problems that they have. When Troy Aikman's doing it, uh, you know that the the NFL is kind of a a little bit of, you know, kind of staring over the edge kind of a moment here. I don't think it's necessary to go to London, Andrew. I do think, though, the financial attraction to it is too great for the NFL to say, nah, we'll just play our five, six games a year there and go on our merry way. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to play in Mexico City. I don't think they're ever going to have a game. You know, I don't think, you know, the the stadium, the safety. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into concerns when you go, when you're having a team then based in Mexico. I, I don't I don't think that's happening. But I do think London is a distinct possibility. I think they want to make the game as international as they possibly can. You know, they're seeing the NBA, and the NBA had that whole issue with China. The, the China-NBA relationship, it is a huge financial relationship. I mean, it really is. And and that got the NBA into a little bit of trouble with everything that was going over in, you know, Hong Kong and everything like that. But, you know, I think the NFL is looking at that and saying we want to make our game more global. And and they they've made a they've made a concerted effort to do so. And I think the next step is gonna be having a team based over there. I, I mean I I'd be okay if there were eight games there a year. You know, if you had that many games going there. Would you um, ever play a Super Bowl there? No. I'd play the Pro Bowl there. 
I'd send my all stars there. I don't think you can. I don't think you can take the Super Bowl out of. Out I agree of the, with you there. about the, the states yet. Um, but I would do. I, I would play there almost every weekend. I don't. But but when you make it a home for a team, it's different. It, it's just. It seems overwhelming to me to figure out how to make it fair for everybody. Because even you know, going back to the point of of players now. Obviously, you pick up the Jaguars, you pick up the Chargers, you put them there. You're under contract. You almost have to go. I don't think they're going to give people like a you know get out of jail free card to like just walk out of a deal because they don't want to play for London. But at some point, you, you will have to sign players. And you know, I I I don't know that players that have options are going to want to sign up for that team. You know, if if the best you can get are guys who have to take your offer because it's the best one on the table. That doesn't lead you to have the best actual football team. No, that's fair. That's fair. And that's why I thought maybe, and you'd have to be creative to cry, to put the carrot out there to entice players. It can't be overwhelming to the point where everybody's clamoring to go play over in London. It's got to be a case where you're presenting enough of an option or that carrot to where if you sign there, it kind of alleviates some of those concerns. But... Listen, it's not the Chargers heading over there. Dean Spanos made that perfectly clear. Do I think it's going to be another team? I mean, you would be in agreement right now. If I say next 10 years, we're sitting here, we're doing this show 2029. Are we talking about a team based in London? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Not imminently, but within 10 years, yes. I'm with you. We want to hear from you. Do you want to see that? Do you want to see an NFL franchise based over in London? 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Are you happy with the way it is right now? You know, five, six games a year, something of that nature. It's Taz in the Moves. Bogish is in the house. Taz is off. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Coast to coast, pillar to post. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. Taz is off here on this Wednesday morning. Bogus is in the house. Sunday, the NFL on CBS features the Chiefs taking on the Titans for an NFC encounter between the Lions and the Bears. Oh, my. All beginning with JP and the guys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. Do you think we've seen the last of Cam Newton as a Carolina Panther, as Newton coming off an injury-ravaged, really playing hurt, shoulder injury and all, 2018, gets hurt early on in 2019? Uh, he's been out for a while, placed on injured reserve yesterday. His season is over for the Carolina Panthers. Bogus, I'll ask you simply, is Cam done in Carolina? He's done in Carolina, Moose. I don't think he's done being um, a useful NFL quarterback. I, but I think at $19.1 million of savable cap space for next year, uh, the economics are not in his favor. So I think the Panthers will cut ties and go with Kyle Allen moving forward. Yeah, and it's it's strange the way it ended, and I'd, I'm not in disagreement with you. Uh, I think his days in, in Carolina are over. But, I mean, it was all, not all that long ago. I mean, you think about it, 2015, he was the NFL MVP. We're sitting here, it's 2019. Um, he's taken an unbelievable amount of hits. Those hits have clearly taken a toll on his body. Uh, he is no longer the same athlete. I mean, when he goes to the gym and works out, he's the same athlete. I'm talking about what he is on the field. He no longer plays as fast as he once did. Uh, can no longer make the throws. His inaccuracy now is even more alarming. Um, you know, he doesn't run it like he used to. He's no longer the same player that he once was. 
But it's amazing how quickly we've seen that drop-off. You know, last year, even though the Carolina Panthers and Cam kept on telling you he was healthy, he was healthy, he was healthy, you know, it took him such great max effort to be able to throw the football down the field. And now you look at this scenario, he's got that nagging foot injury. This is not the shoulder, it's not the shoulder surgery, but it's dealing with this nagging foot injury that he's dealt with, you know, since, uh, you know, preseason game week two. Um, you know, and, you know, re-aggravated in a week two game, suffered in the preseason, uh, has been dealing with it all season long. I agree with you. It's just amazing the way it ends. Yeah. It's amazing, it amazing that in all likelihood his Carolina career ends with him being placed on IR and his season being over. And I, and I don't say this uh, in a mean way. I'm glad he's hurt because he looked so bad at the start of the year where he just, I mean, throws were all over the place. And I, I, you know, I'm glad that he just didn't forget how to play the position and that's a real injury. It's a, it's a significant injury. It's on his plant foot. And I mean, it explains almost everything. Um, this is why I think, Moose, and, I, and I, I may end up being wrong, you know, if I'm a quarterback, if I'm a team needing a quarterback after the Panthers cut him, you know, he might be at the top of my list, not knowing everybody that's going to be available in this offseason that's already been in the NFL at that position. You know, if I need a guy to come in and bridge the gap or, you know, what I think might be like the final piece of the puzzle and I'm not in a place to draft a quarterback or I wanted to go the veteran route and I got to play right away. Well, think about know, that, though. But think about the statement that you just made. You're looking at, if I'm looking for a bridge guy to get me to a yeah, younger Yeah, and, and maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. Um, you know, because a bridge guy assumes that, like, you have somebody who already is on your roster, but you're you're looking for a guy to be your new quarterback and you don't have the ability to draft one of these guys very, very early. So you going to me, you can sign Cam Newton to play multiple years for you at that position. I, at some point, he will certainly need to adjust for being older and whatever, and, and maybe that makes him less effective. But uh, I think because he's been hurt now, as you said, shoulder to foot, you know, I'll, I'll take a gamble on him being healthy and still having a lot of talent more so than other guys do that I might be able to sign. Well, right, and and – He's a, a remarkable athlete, and that's all. I guess my my thing is, and you're right. I mean, he's going to get another opportunity as long as his body can hold up. Um, and Carolina decides to part ways with him after this season. Uh, that's where it's trending, and they're going with Kyle Allen, and they've obviously got the former West Virginia star Will Greer in that fold as well in that quarterback's room uh, as a rookie. Have we seen the last of the great Cam Newton? And, you know, I'm not saying that he – and I agree with you. He's going to get another opportunity to play in the National Football League. But the great, dynamic Cam Newton, I think, is gone. Uh, you know, I, I'm – and he might have flashes here, Andrew. I But I think that guy is gone and gone forever. Um, and I think, you know, the, the quicker people come to that realization, I think the better. I mean, he might not have that realization. I wouldn't expect him to do that because he's got he's an ultimate competitor and, you know, he wants to get back on the football field. And he said nice things about the Panthers in Charlotte yesterday uh, when, when the news came out that he was being placed on IR and talked about supporting his teammates. All well and good. That's nice. And I get people look at him and say he's a little bit of a phony and the fake smile, and that was the knock of him coming out of Auburn. I don't know if we're ever going to see that quarterback again. You know, so I, I think any team that he signs up with, I think you have to understand that you're probably getting a more limited Cam Newton, maybe 75, 80% of the player. I don't think he's ever going to be the player that he once was. Do you? No, but I, but I get, I do think, and you, know, you can use the word, whatever you want, a lead or top 15. Like I, I think he's going to be a quarterback that doesn't hold you back from being successful. It's not the most ringing endorsement. All right. He um, goes with another thing. You think he's a playoff quarterback? Um, if he doesn't have to be the best player on that team, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not you know, so here's, sure. Here's, 
off the top of my head, and there might be obvious reasons that I'm not even seeing that would make this complete nonsense to say, but if the Chicago Bears are tired of Mitchell Trubisky... Which they should be. Right. But don't want can't bring themselves to draft his replacement or find spot. themselves in a spot like that's a place where he can go that's true. and you know kind of be the final piece and presumably solve that position for a couple of years. No, that's I mean, a good spot. For I him. still think you know you sign him and at some point you need to be thinking about the guy that replaces him, but you're not just bringing him in in a place like that where he's only going to play next season and then you move on to somebody who's already there. I think he's got the ability to he's, – he's 30, which is old, but it's also not old. So I, I think he's got the ability to be a good enough quarterback for the next couple of years at the right price in the right situation. He's not a savior by any stretch of the imagination, but he's he might be somebody's final piece of the puzzle. Let's head out to San Diego. It's Eric at CBS Sports Radio. What's going on, Eric? Hey, how you guys doing? I just wanted to chime in on the Chargers to London thing. Sure. So um, let me. I want to back up because uh, I was one of the ones who voted no when it came to getting the stadium. Um, so we took a vote for a stadium out here, and they didn't only lose that vote, but they lose that vote. They got blew out, as in football terms. They got blown out of the water in that vote. It was like they had like 15 said yes, 15% said yes, and 85% said no. So – but we would, would still want the Chargers to stay here. It's just that we didn't want to pay for the taxes and pay for a new stadium. And then you have the owner, who's a billionaire, not wanting to put up a dime for the stadium. So really the problem with the San Diego and the Chargers isn't the Chargers, it's San Diego and Dean Spanos. Listen, Eric, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think you have every right. I don't think I don't think we, the taxpayers, should ever play should ever pay for stadiums. I mean, I, I'm not asking people to pay for my home, so <laughs> I, I'm not putting that up for votes. Especially saying, you know, when you have the money to pay for it, right? And and I don't have a lot of money, but I'm just saying. It, but especially if I was a, you know if I was a multimillionaire and I am like, listen, I would like everyone else out there. You know, I need a I need a new pool. So I'd like to. I'd like everyone to chip in a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, dig into their pocket, tack a penny and, on every bagel sale, right? And, and, and keep get, it for me, and make, then I'll build a pool. Right. Soon. I want a nice saltwater pool in my backyard. And you have guys like Steve Ballmer who's going to pay for a not a play for the whole thing for the Clippers to have a new stadium and not ask a dime for the taxpayers. I mean, you know, you hear as fr- sports franchise and sports fan, you hear that, and it's just it blows your mind, and you say, "Good riddance." And then you so so you say good riddance to the that that ownership. No, I, and Eric, you have and you know you would like the Chargers. Do you still follow them now that they're in L.A. or no? Okay, well, so myself, I was a Raiders fan always because I never liked Dean Spanos. And there's a lot of people in San Diego that went to other teams because they didn't like the ownership. I mean, you get the people that want to represent San Diego and represent their territory. You get those are your Charger fans, okay? But in realistic, but realistically, most people didn't like the ownership, so they went to wherever you know. You got a lot of transplants out here, so those most of most of us we went to those to our home state to our home teams as opposed to where we live teams. That makes I guess if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, Eric, that does, and and thanks a lot for the call, and have yourself a, a, a good Wednesday. Um, yeah, I, I don't. 
See, I, I, I never put it on the fans when a team leaves. You know, a team leaves because they're not getting what they wanted. And what they wanted, what the Chargers wanted, was a spanking new stadium, and they wanted the taxpayers to help them with that new stadium. And to me, that makes – that's troubling. Uh, that bothers me, especially when we're talking about the valuations of these NFL franchises and how wealthy these owners are, uh, either singularly or collaboratively. That that does bother me. I and and I don't fault the San Diego. I don't, I don't fault the San Diego faithful for saying goodbye, good luck. Now the issue you have, though, you go out to Los Angeles with the Chargers, is you know they stuck them in a soccer stadium. Um, you know that and and they're having trouble getting people there and people buying into Los Angeles Charger football. Now will that change when they've got this brand new spanking stadium where the old Hollywood Park racetrack uh, was? And maybe that changes. You know, but clearly, no, it's not San Diego. It's not <laughs> like that's the problem. I get it. And maybe you go, maybe the you know the allure of or the, I want to see this building. Maybe you go once or twice, but are you really going to get in the car and every other Sunday drive or a Monday night or a Thursday night find your way from San Diego up to L.A. No, and then go back home. No, at right. So you're starting. So while it makes almost no sense to put them in London, they're basically a homeless team right now. Well, they are. It's which is what we said at the top of the hour, right? They they really don't have no. Now, do you think that changes with the new stadium? I, I think my guess is it it gets fixed to a certain extent because people might want to go to the new stadium and see it. But I mean, I, but people that are that live in LA are going to want to have Rams tickets. Like Charger fans that are in San Diego, I, I mean, I I wouldn't do that. I'd still be a Charger fan, but I don't know that I could pay all of that money and then throw in the expense and the time commitment of getting from LA to San Diego and back and forth. And by the way, you know, these these stadiums are cost billion dollars and have all these smart people engineering them. I I still have never heard of a stadium that can get you in and out of a parking lot or on mass transit quickly and easily. So then you're, so now you're in this, you're in there for a three plus hour game moves. Then you got to go back and sit in your car while traffic clears. And then as an outsider, all I hear is how bad traffic is in the LA area. So now I'm on a freeway for, you know, who God knows how long going all the way back to Southern California I mean that's a hefty commitment that I'm I'm personally wouldn't make. I, I would not make it either. It, it, and and I, if I had my druthers, and I grew up rooting for the Redskins, and I did not grow up in the greater Washington D.C. area. I grew up in you know my wife calls it upstate New York. It's the most southern county of New York State, and that'd be in Rockland County, just outside of New York City, right? And my my whole family, they're all Giant fans, right? My sisters, my dad, everyone's a Giant fan. My mom, God rest her soul, Giant fan. So, you know, uh, you know, the, I can't everyone, believe you dissed your family like that. Yeah. So, but my point being, though, lack of loyalty has not been questioned enough on this show. <laughs> but here's my thing, though, Andrew. If I did root for a hometown team, and they decided to move, I would find myself a new team. I would all, not all of a sudden be traveling across the country or traveling someplace to go follow that team. Would you be as emotionally invested? Like, if you were a San Diego Charger fan, would you be just as invested in the Chargers now that they're in L.A. as compared to when they were in San Diego? Well, or would you find yourself a new team? I mean, you're talking to a Met fan right now that would, if I if I could, you know, I, I, have, I have real significant fears and disagreements and concerns about who's running that team from the ownership level before we even get to the agent-turned-GM. They've also employed players that Jose Reyes and Jerice Familia, who have had issues off the field that have not made me happy that they were getting Mets paychecks. 
Right, but the Mets but, are still here. But here we are. But I'm still a Mets fan. So I, 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 And I still watched every single game when they sucked or when they're great. I don't know that I could disconnect right, myself si- from being a Mets fan, even though leaving, physically leaving. Yeah, say if the Mets decided to go, you know, move to Oklahoma City. Right. I, and I, now they're the Oklahoma City Mets. And they, they got a you know spanking new state and whatever. They're out of New York, and they decide for some God knows reason, they decide to do that. Would you still be locked into Mets baseball if they're playing in Oklahoma City? My assumption is I would be, yeah. You would be. I wouldn't I, move oh. with them. I don't know if I'd make a trip to Oklahoma City, but when they came to Philadelphia, I'd probably be there. I don't know if I would be. I don't Bilotti, know. would you? I probably would, yeah. Viseglia? I think you would at first, but I think over time it would dwindle. And I think it only, maybe in the first year, two years, three years, but 10 years later, it wouldn't be the same. It would just change. Yeah, it would change. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a, not a, an apples to apples comparison, but right now I live in Long Island. I live minutes from Nassau Coliseum where the Islanders play. I live even closer to their new arena in Belmont, um, which might be a different story. I'm a Ranger fan. My kids are, they're not Ranger fans. They couldn't name a Ranger. They don't want to watch a game. But if you ask them who we root for in hockey, they say Rangers. I want to take them to a Ranger game. The but, cheapest Ranger ticket is somewhere between 80 and 90 bucks. Yeah, so right out, of the, mortgage. right out of the gate, I'm paying 400 bucks to get into a Ranger game before I get there and buy them whatever, eat, drink, whatever. I can get into an Islander game for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. So when the calendar allows it, their first hockey game is going to be an Islander game. Um, but boy, do they know they ain't Islander fans. So like, there's a you know, there's like, like weird dynamics happen. Um. So like, no, I so get I, it. But I so I, I don't think I could ever leave the Mets. Just like the convenience of the Islanders would never make me drop the Rangers and go to the Islanders because the Rangers right now might as well be in Oklahoma and, City. Well, you can't. You also can't tell your kids who to root for. They might be lifelong Islander fans now. Their first hockey experience being an Islander game. I think and well, you guys I, might be fighting the rest of your lives. And the problem is the Islanders now have won ten in a row. I would have. My plan was They're to take them to a good. game against a good team. That would rough them up. Yeah. And we go, oh, those Lightning are good. The Islanders stink. Good thing. Thank God we like the Rangers. But I can't even do that now because they beat everybody. Oh, the Islanders, all they do is win. All they do is win. Lou Lamoureux is likely rabbit's foot for any organization. It just is. It Who doesn't matter. Who needs John Tavares? That's exactly right. What's going on this morning, Andrew? Oh, that's right. It's an update. It's sponsored by the NFL, who invites fans to participate in Huddle for 100. Fans are encouraged to volunteer by getting out, getting active, and improving their local environment. Visit NFL.com slash huddle for 100 to learn how you can get involved. Ohio State, Penn State, LSU, Alabama would be the national semifinals if the season was over. It's not, but we do get those during the regular season no matter what, starting with that SEC showdown on Saturday. Those are the top four schools in the initial college football playoff rankings. Unbeaten Clemson is next in line for the semifinals followed by Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, and Florida. Cincinnati at number 20 is the first group of five school. To college hoops, top-ranked Michigan State losing to second-ranked Kentucky, 69-62. After Duke got by Kansas, 68-66 at the Champions Classic at the Garden. Elsewhere, number five, Louisville, an impressive 87-74 win at Miami. Number 20, St. Mary's, top Wisconsin, 65-63 in OT in... Sayoks Falls. <laughs> no, Mikey B. It's pronounced Sioux Falls. Ago. It sure. was. Thank Sioux God I remember. Suex Falls. Uh, yes. In the NBA, the Lakers rallied for a... Basically brought up a good one. In my, do, you, do you think Brown fans, when they left for Baltimore, do you think they became Raven fans? Um, no. There was too much anger. Yeah. Okay. If the Mets are moving to Oklahoma, there'd be anger about something. 
Yeah, yeah but it, but it, but like, what if it's the you know the mayor's fault or the governor's fault? There'll There's, be anger. There'll be yeah. anger. I might get over it. <laughs> Still demands. If they wore blue and pinstripes and orange in Oklahoma City, they'd be oh, tough you'd be to locked forget. in. There you go. Uh, Gordon the kids H- are all going to be Islander fans, by the way. I know. Stop it. Gordon Hayward tied a career high with 39. Matt Celtics Barcel. won in Cleveland 119-111. Go get those 13 jerseys. Uh, and the Hornets outlasted the Pacers 122-120 in overtime. Indy led by 14 in the fourth. Moose, back to you. All right. We'll get to your calls. Hang in there at 855-212-4CBS. I see you, Joe, in Houston, Texas. It's Taz of the Moose. Bogish is in the house. CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Let's head down to uh, Houston, Texas. It's Joseph at CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Joseph? Hey, man. Good morning. Bogus. Good morning, Moose. Morning. Good morning, Joseph. What's going on? Ah, you are, Joe. You are, buddy. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm working, as always. (laughs) uh, Join the club, yes. Yeah, I'm headed to New York, man. I'm going to stop in and see you guys when I come up there. (laughs) Really? Look at that. Basically, pop him on hold. Put him in the system. That's it. Yeah, all right, man, for sure. So, listen, uh, you took a caller a couple of minutes ago about, uh, you know, the whole if if a team moved, would they stay loyal to their home city? Well, me being born in Detroit but then raised in Houston – I was back and forth most of my life. So when Houston traded or traded up to uh, Tennessee and uh, moved out of the city, I was not one of those followers. I wasn't loyal to the family. I didn't follow them like that. I was about my city. So I never was a Tennessee Titan, lost my Oilers. Now when the Texans came back, you know, I was very passionate about that and their, you know, new birth of a football team. Um, but, you know, as you both know, both of those cities have struggled in championships in all sorts of ways. Um, you know, we have a glimpse of the Astros right now. We had a glimpse of the Rockets. We had a glimpse of the Pistons. Uh, but no dynasties were born from these cities. But, um, yeah, I, I would have a hard time following my team to Oklahoma if I was a Mets fan. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be, I'd kind of be like, you know, pound sand. If, if you decide to leave, why am I now all of a sudden going to invest my time and effort and all due respect to the great people of Oklahoma City? Uh, but uh, you know, why would I all of a sudden now invest my time, effort, and money and my commitment to a team that's not even playing close to home? I, you know, I'd find another team. I can't quit a moose. Yeah. I can't quit. No, you keep you keep the throwback jerseys and you move along, man. You find something else. You got you got hockey, the Islanders. You know you got all that, right, Bogus? Stop pushing the Islanders yes. on me and my family, people. Enough's enough. <laughs> well, Joseph, I mean Joseph. Here's what Andrews needs to realize: you, you can't tell your kids who to root for, right? You really can't. My my oldest son Jackson oh. is now an Eagles fan. Well, because he comes from you. I'm he like from your Eagles. lineage. The Bogushes are loyal. I stick loyal. with my teams. We've been I, discussing. What do you mean? I, we. Uh, what do I mean? <laughs> You shunned your giant-loving family to be a Redskins because fan. Because everybody at that time were giant fans, and I couldn't take LT. I was going to basically two, three giant games a year, and I would always root for the opponent. 
It never worked out. Yeah, that's LT not you. Not my kids say. know better. They, it's about loyalty. It's about smarts. They would not. They wouldn't drop Pete Alonzo right now. Come on. <laughs> well, you think they're tired you, of Jacob I'm Degrom? I'm not saying you drop Pete Alonzo. You can be a fan of Alonzo. It doesn't mean you follow the team day in and day out. I mean, I think you'd be a little bit more bothered by a team leaving the area than you do. Yeah, I might be, but the, but like what the Mets have done a lot of dumb things recently, and I don't know that I'm and even by like one tenth of a percentage point am I less of a Mets fan. Because of it, it's just I can't, I can't picture myself not caring about them unless, like, Mr. Met came to my house and set it on fire. That might be a reason why I'd stop being a Mets fan. But other than that, I, I, I just don't know. The way my house is going, I might actually become a Mets fan. I think all of your current problems stem back from if you Mr. abandoning your by, family for the Redskins. Obviously, nobody's in the house. But if Mr. Met came by and lit my house on fire... <laughs> It might be actually doing me a favor. You know what? With your luck, I might it, be all in. I might be hopping right on MLB.com and buying myself a Alonzo jersey. With with your luck, it would Mr. Burn somehow. on eBay that's going for about a buck fifty right now. I might be all in. The match wouldn't take. You try to ruin your life and get you a new house, but right. it wouldn't work. The mat, right? And then I'd have then I then I'd walk in the house and reek like gasoline. I found the one non-flammable part of this house. Right, exactly. And you missed. You're right about that. That's true. My luck, that's exactly what would happen. You know what? He'd fall up your driveway on his way to burn your house down and sue you for his broken arm that he suffered because he tripped on the crack in your driveway. The ambulance. (laughs) Or he'd light me on fire instead. (laughs) It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 